As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. We wear so many hats in our lives, or shall I say outfits. We're mothers, entrepreneurs, stay-at-home moms, working moms, and now the trend has become to embrace these roles while we look and feel our best. Today, I have two of my friends and stylists with me, Jasmine Snow and Liz Teich. Jasmine Snow is a fashion and accessories editor, creative consultant, and on-air style expert in New York City. She has over 10 years of experience in the fashion market, editorial development, and curating exclusive content for major fashion brands. She's built the foundation of her career as a senior fashion editor at Seventeen Magazine, which reaches 12 million readers in the U.S. and appears in 10 different countries worldwide. She developed strong relationships with some of the industry's leading stylists, photographers, and creative directors, as well as discovering the new generation of design stars. Jasmine creates and conceptualizes co-branded editorial partnerships with celebrities, fashion tastemakers, and global brands, such as Shop Up, Shoe Dazzle, Bobble Bar, Kendall and Kylie, and has also consulted on editorial projects for leading print and digital brands, such as Glamour Magazine, People, People Style Watch, Elle, InStyle, Barney's New York, and Tommy Hilfiger. Jasmine is known for her insider advice and extensive knowledge in fashion, styling, and pop culture. Her expertise on millennials, along with her approachable sense of fashion, has led her to become a style expert appearing regularly on E! News, Extra, MTV, Seventeen Magazine's YouTube channel, Good Morning America, and as a judge on Lifetime's Project Runway, Threads. Liz Teich is a New York-based fashion stylist, lifestyle blogger, and mom to her toddler son with a baby on the way. Her blog, The New York Stylist, covers affordable wardrobe ideas, advice on motherhood, fitness, home decor trends, and a behind-the-scenes look at the fashion industry. Liz has been a professional stylist for over a decade. She works on print and digital advertising campaigns for major brands including Marshalls, TJ Maxx, Target, Netflix, and Alex and Ani. She has appeared on camera as a style expert for Rent the Runway and White House Black Market, as well as a recurring fashion and lifestyle expert on Good Day New York. Other press include Glamour, InStyle, Women's Health, and Huffington Post. Okay, so I've had the pleasure of working with these two phenomenal women. I was on Jasmine's holiday segment for the Today Show, Liz's hottest holiday trends on Fox 5's Good Day New York. And it was so, so much fun to see you guys at work and see how your minds work and how you actually can dress someone for their body type, for their personality, just really bring out that level of fashion inside someone who might not 
get there. And you did that for me. And I'm so, so thankful. And I'm so excited to have you on my show. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We're also grateful that you were one of our models because yes. you were really awesome and you really helped make the segment. Oh, thank you. Agreed. I mean, so I'm speaking sweet. for myself. No, I, you, Jasmine. <laughs> no, I was so thankful. So, so thankful. I wanted her for my next segment, but she wasn't available. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know what? The segment that we did, it was actually promoted on Gap Inc.'s corporate site. Oh, really? Yeah. And it got, I don't know how many million views. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because my, um, my friend is, um, she's the director of licensing at Gap. Okay. And she was like, your Today Show screenshot is in our like elevator and in our corporate email and everything. No yeah, I'll send it to you. Oh, I guess because of the, the Banana, Banana Republic. Republic. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So brands are catching on. They're watching these segments too. We were too. Banana Republic in our segment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's it's true. They're going to be their new model. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm Marissa. Person. <laughs> pay, pay exactly. <laughs> pay us all. <laughs> yeah, <seriously. laughs> um, but yeah, tell us about your careers in fashion because they're so different and you both are styling now. And so like, how did you get here? Yeah, I can start first. So Liz and I have talked actually about just how different our careers are, which is so crazy and also so common in this industry. Um, I started out, I graduated high school and came straight to New York City and went to FIT and thought that I was going to be a fashion photographer. Quickly realized I was not a fashion photographer. Like I would essentially, quote unquote, like copying homework from other people of like, can you light my set for me? And then <laughs> like, meanwhile, I had spent weeks like prepping the wardrobe and booking models and like that just thrilled me so much more. And then when it came time to like be on set and actually like light my set and, you know, I loved taking the shot and like, you know, thinking of the concept and all that stuff, but actually being being the photographer and like setting up the shoot was just not my jam. Mm. So I started to figure out like, wow, I think I want to be a stylist. I had always loved fashion, but just didn't really know like where I fit into it. I think when you're younger and now is different, people have access, but I'm sure you can speak to this too, Liz, is that like, oh yeah, you can be a fashion designer, but I didn't want to be a designer. Like mm. I just, that's not where my talents lie. Like I was really always great at putting things together, but like could never envision like a garment out of thin air, right. you know? So yeah, so I like got on that path and then did plenty of internships as we all do um, after college and was really lucky to be in the right place the right time at 17 when they were looking for a fashion assistant. So I started there and it was really like a family for me and it was like probably the best schooling I could have ever had as far as, you know, learning so much. I just felt like from the ground up, I learned everything. It's like being like working in a restaurant. Like I was like the bus boy. I was the waitress. I was the cook. I was like, I just learned everything about it because I was sort of the all guy. Mm. And at the time I was like, oh my gosh, where's this going? But even as I became an editor there and then I was senior editor there and all throughout that timing of eight years, I still was always like putting on a million hats and like learning a million different things and didn't really know where it was going to take me, but knew that it was going to be like really valuable information. And it was. Once I left there and started freelancing, it was really good for me to have all of that information. I had closet experience. I had PR contacts. And so I started styling freelance after I left there, sort of just figuring out where I belonged in the fashion industry. I always knew that I wasn't high fashion. I'm still not. I love beautiful things. I love, you know, shopping for beautiful things. But I'll be completely honest. Like, I don't love watching a runway show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> completely honest, it's a little boring. Yeah. You know, like, but I love walking at a red carpet and seeing what people are wearing. I love street style. It just, you know, there's certain things that excite different people in the fashion industry. And that's why there's 
are so many different areas. And so I, um, I quickly found out that the things I was doing at 17 as far as like TV wise was what I was really loving and started to focus a lot of my energy on that and doing TV segments and styling those segments. It felt the closest, like putting together a page for me. It was like Mm. concepting what it was going to be, booking the models, calling in the product. And it felt the closest to what I'd been doing at the magazine that I loved. And also I love being on air. So it was great. I was talking about fashion and in the meantime, needed to kind of carve out my own identity for myself outside of, you know, being at a magazine and having that name behind me. So I started a blog at a time when I was like, I am not a blogger. I am Mm. the (laughs) anti-blogger. Like they're the anti-editor. Like it was so separate. And I also was like, I'm not a writer, but then I just started it. And it really wasn't until after I had my first child, my daughter, that I felt like the creative energy to start it. Cause I didn't know what to talk about before. Like sometimes it's really difficult to put yourself out there and be like, I'm going to talk about trends and like, this is what looks great on me or whatever it might be. I just didn't know what my point of view was. Mm-hmm. And once I had her, I felt like I had a point of view and something that like, I didn't feel self-conscious about what, whatever it was, was like being a mom and how I dressed her and all the stuff that went with it did not, I was not insecure about it at all. So it was the easiest like first step for me to put myself out there. And then from there, I sort of like backed into like, okay, I'll talk about adult stuff now. So, I mean, I've been so busy that like, I actually have not given my blog enough love recently (laughs) after having my second child. But that's sort of like, it kind of helped catapult me into like building sort of a brand for myself and putting myself out there. Liz, on the other hand, is like a genius when it comes to like her content and blogging and all of that stuff. I'm like so in all of it um, and I it's don't been a long road I don't know how you have the time I like I, I literally don't. she like posts stuff and I'm like well, how did she do this oh my god I don't sleep I think that's yes. part of the problem <laughs> there's no way you do but it's okay. we do have a very similar where we ended up yeah. but our backgrounds are completely opposite completely different yeah you have to tell yours I mean that's basically my story that's yeah. the end but yours is very very interesting I was so surprised when you were telling me oh, well, yeah. fashion was something that I was kind of like born into my sister is also a stylist so I've always like since the 90s always knew what a stylist was before Rachel Zoe was a thing Mm -hmm. and people knew what stylists were so it was something that was always in the back of my mind but I was stubborn and I was like I don't want to be like my sister so I wanted to find my own path so when I was in high school I actually studied fashion in high school and I took three years of fashion design and then I went to RISD for a summer for a pre-college program studied fashion design there and I was like that's it I'm I'm gonna be a fashion designer and just like (laughs) Jasmine said it's like that's the only option like that's all you know know. but I knew I didn't want to be the one constructing the garments. I I interned in a fashion company in every department in the company. And I saw the pattern making. I saw, like, I saw every department. And I said, you know, I don't love, the construction is just so tedious. I want to be hands-on and, like, putting, like, once the garment's made, that was the fun part for me. But I ended up studying, oddly enough, advertising. Because, just like you said, fashion was kind of like, you don't need a really, you don't need a degree to be in fashion, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, there are a lot of people that are really talented and they don't have a degree. So I was like, I, I should really get a degree that will kind of give me a business. Like up, yeah. Yeah, like up. And I was like, I'm going to My be- parents would have loved if I did that. <laughs> well, and I was like, no, I'm going to be a stylist. And they were like, what is that? And I'm like, you know Rachel Zoe? And they're like, no. It was before she had a show. Oh, yeah. It was before any of that. No one knew who she was. Well, I wanted to be- And she was the only reference. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. The only reference. Well, I was really lucky that at least when I did tell my dad I wanted to be a fashion stylist, I had a sibling who was 
doing it already. Yeah, so yeah. I, it was a little bit more understanding. But when I told my dad I wanted to be a painter, he kind of laughed at me and he said, choose a real major. <laughs> so that's where I got into advertising. And I became an art director after college. And I was an art director for Saatchi and Saatchi and then a small Ooh. boutique agency where I was coming up with the concepts and layouts for Maybelline. And that's where I kind of got my back end foray into styling, even though actually I had assisted my sister just for fun on the side when I was in college. So when I was on the Maybelline account, I was coming up with the ads. And my favorite part was being on the shoots. Back then there was Mm style.com. And I would go on style.com, pick out the looks from all the runway shows. And I'd say, this is what I want. And I'd brief the stylist. And they never came back with exactly what I wanted. And I was like, you know what? I could do this. It was something that it was I just knew I had been kind of pushing it off and I didn't want to be following exactly the footsteps of my sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why I hadn't done it. I love that fashion styling kind of melds all those worlds together. Yeah. So I found it in more of an advertising than editorial kind of background. Mm-hmm. And now I find myself on more of those advertising shoots. And that's more of rather than editorial, I'm doing advertising. I work with brands a lot. So it kind of gave me the background and the business sense, which was really important. So I'm glad I went through that whole like roundabout way of getting to where I am <laughs> and then from there um, I was styling I think we were talking about this before I was mm-hmm. styling a bunch of bloggers for the Maxinista campaign mm-hmm. for TJ Maxx that was when like I didn't even know what a blog was so right, I was like right. what, what's a blogger yeah. blogger influencer <laughs> who am I, who no am I styling thing. yeah So when I did that, I was like, what do they have to say that I don't have to say? Like, I have all this background and years of experience, and here they are getting paid to be in this campaign just because they're really good at blogging, and they have a great eye, but like, I have a lot of experience, yes, and I have a lot of knowledge that I need to share. Right. And then from there, I was like, I got to start a blog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And back then, it was like, what is a blog? So I didn't really make it a business, but it was more of a hobby, and then it just kind of took off, and I was connecting with brands and nine years later here I am it's part of my business and then my business kept evolving once having a baby and I'm still doing styling for photo shoots I'm still doing my blog but then once I started doing the blog people were contacting me and saying how do I dress for my new life as a mom Mm -hmm. and I cannot tell you how many people have contacted me about that and I was like I gotta make this a business so that's when I started my closet cleansing business and I do seasonal styling packages for moms around New York and now I even do virtual styling sessions so people from all over the country contact me and we do it through Skype and I can really revamp a mom's wardrobe which is actually my favorite part of what I'm doing in my job so I love that and then most recently just like Jasmine does I've been doing on-air appearances and that's been really fun so yeah we kind of like do the same thing but (laughs) in a roundabout way yeah in a roundabout way but also it's like so different it's it's crazy and I, I feel like you have very different aesthetics and because you bring different experience and skill sets to the table it's very apparent and it's really refreshing to see how both of you guys work and think yeah okay so we are lucky to be in the fashion capital we're in New York when did New York become part of your story New York was always a part of my story it's something that I talk about a lot mostly just with my family and friends but I grew up not far from here in New Jersey so I was here a lot my I come from a family of dancers so we were constantly coming to shows and a lot of my family they were 
former Rockettes. And so there's just like a lot of that history that runs through my family. And so I would come here a lot as a kid. And like, I just knew when I was, I can't pinpoint like an age, but when I was a kid, I just knew that I needed to be here. I didn't really know why or what I would do. I had the same exact thing. I remember (laughs) looking at all the tall buildings while we were driving through the city. I grew up an hour outside the city too. And I just looking at all the tall buildings and I was like, I'm going to live here one day. And I don't know why either. Yeah. But I just knew and I just said, there's something in the city that invigorates you. I had such a great art program. I went to public school, but we had a lot of great art program classes that I would get field trips to come to the city. My fashion class, we would go to FIT and we go to the museum and we go tour the school. And it was just so cool. I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I I felt the same way. It was just like, I didn't. And even as I got older and like I would come in, I was the same thing. Like I would be like, I just cannot wait to live here. And yeah. my mom was like, you're seven. Like, you're not even <laughs> like it's just gonna be so great when I live here. And then, you know, I was like planning to go to FIT and I did not apply to any other school. And I remember wow. having like screaming fights with my parents and my dad being like, first of all, you're not going to New York. Second of all, what if you don't get into that school? You have to apply to other schools. And I was like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. And he was like, what do you mean you'll figure it out? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'll go to like a community school there and then I'll just figure it out from there. Like I never had this vision of like, I have to be at FIT or I have to be at such and such a school. I just had this vision of like, just get me to New York and then I'll figure it out. I have to be there. Well, it's also like, wow, New York's like the hub of fashion. Yes. Yeah. Like I was and like, that is the center so of what's happening. When I was mm-hmm. growing up, like I would, I was like the cool kid in school because I would come back from New York city mm-hmm. with a Kate Spade bag from, from Canal Street. Yeah. Or H&M, <laughs> when H&M right. was not cool. Oh, or Urban Outfitters. <laughs> not cool, nobody, not known. Yeah. nobody knew of Urban Outfitters and I'd go to Urban Outfitters and I think I was so cool because so I had cool. all this unique stuff that <laughs> was not that unique. Totally, yeah. But yeah. like even, um, you know, for my prom dress, I worked with a designer to, like I designed my own prom dress and I worked with a seamstress and she sourced all the fabric in New York City and I was like, oh, that is so wow. cool. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I got my, my prom dress for my senior year I got at Pat Field. Did I, you really? Yes, like I was just, I was so obsessed. I was so obsessed with sex in the city. I was so obsessed with New York and I was so obsessed with like doing something that was so unique to me and so unique to, you know, a New York designer or a stylist. It wasn't even just fashion for me either. I just felt like it was the center of everything. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. was here and all of the energy was here. Like I had this sense of like FOMO, even though I knew no one here, but that I was missing out on something and I needed to be there. Point and there was means. never another option. No, there was <laughs> never yeah, another option. It was just Anne Q, the Alicia Keys, and Jay-Z. Oh my God. <laughs> if, now. Yeah, if that was around <laughs> when drop. I was like in high school. Oh my God. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Oh my goodness. Okay, so you guys touched upon this in your careers, but what are some of the milestone projects that you've worked on? When I was at the magazine, it was really when I started to, you know, get the opportunity that I was able to start assisting on set. So, you know, they knew that I wanted to be a stylist. They were giving me more responsibility as an assistant. So like my more responsibility and my promotion, so to speak, was that I was going to be allowed to go on set and assist on set. And like, that was going to be my thing. And I was on every single cover shoot. And, you know, being at that age, and like these are my peeps like these are my celebs you know like I was young and I was like in love with these girls that we were shooting so it was such a cool experience but the one that always sticks out to me there's two there was one um, the obvious one was Beyonce and it was like the best shoot I've ever been on for, not so even fun. necessarily because of her because I did, we didn't even speak like mm-hmm. we did not even talk really yeah because she was just I all I was doing was unpacking trunks all day and then by oh. the end of the day they were like okay you can stop unpacking just start repacking because we had so many trunks <laughs> So I never stopped unpacking the trunks Aww. the whole day. And uh, she was, like. yeah, and she was like right next to me, like yeah. in the wardrobe, but she has a 
team of so many oh, people. Yeah. And there's just so many people around her. And she's such a machine. Side that, note, I touched Beyonce once. Oh, my God. I did not. <laughs> and I asked her what she was wearing. And the bodyguard pushed me to the ground. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> but she was wearing Roberto Cavalli. I did get that. <laughs> <laughs> but I can, I can picture that there's this, like, army. And it's like there's, like, this wall, like. There's not a wall. Bee. But there yeah. is an army. And yeah. she's, like, a real person. Like, okay. she. she, she yeah didn't have people like surrounding her no but when she I met has her, an army of people yeah I mean there's just a team of her it's the yeah. reality of it right. but the thing that was so amazing about that moment in my career was that I just because I didn't know what to expect like I was expecting this massive diva I knew she was going to come with a team I knew yeah. it was going to be a big day but I didn't know if it, she was going to be amazing or horrible you never know you yeah. never know and she was absolutely amazing and again I didn't speak to her but she was perfectly lovely on set she was like a machine she was in and out of clothes like she was like get changed no questions asked on set pose wow. pose 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 back change like there was no him and hauling everything like, she's a true professional wow. she knows her angles she knows her her poses and it was like we got the day done and she was out wow. of there and it was so um, I had, like, inspiring yeah. I had like actually one of my career highlights was one of my first like major shoots that I did was for Discovery Channel I did um, Mike Tyson had a TV show okay. and I styled him for it uh, for all of his ad campaign for it. He showed up like an hour late and then I guess he was filming The Hangover 2. Okay. Mm, so oh he yeah. came in just from that airplane and like I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. You're you're tired after flying. But he went right into the wardrobe room and locked the door and slept for like a half hour or an hour. And like <laughs> we were just like okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I had the complete opposite experience where he, I mean he was lovely. He was really nice to work with and you know he was very intimidating because he's Mike yeah. Tyson. And he looked at me and he goes so where are you from? And like really <laughs> sweet. But he was yeah, it was not the same like in and out kind of experience. Yeah. And the, but then eventually, when he did leave, he just walked off with all the clothes, and I was like, "What do I do?" <laughs> but so I guess that was one of my highlights. Um, I think because I love my nieces and nephews, when I worked with the cast of Stranger Things, oh, that wow. was like I'm like the cool aunt now. Yeah, so that was a That's highlight. Very cool. um, and then I will say, just like when I was an assistant, like like you said, when I was an assistant and I was working on these major ad campaigns, I had a one stylist that was my mentor she let me take over when she couldn't do a day or two and it catapulted my career like I I took over and styled for that client for a while and that was like a huge that was for TJ Maxx Mm -hmm. and that led me to the Maxinista campaign and it was like that really catapulted my career I'd say and like changed my life because now I'm blogging too yeah (laughs) Yeah. exactly that's so cool Um, one thing about both of you is that you both are so resourceful and scrappy you just get shit done um, and I think that that's definitely the need when you're in fashion, as much as um, people on the outside think it's so glam. There's a lot of unglamorous oh, stuff yeah. to it, you know? Um, the majority so, is unglamorous. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like posting that on my Instagram all the time because I get so many inquiries, uh, people that want to assist me and thinking it's such a glamorous job. I have people show up in heels and I'm like, oh no, we're wearing sneakers and we're mm-hmm. getting down and dirty. It's right. Like, yeah. People don't know. Steaming yeah. and packing. And, <laughs> yeah. 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 So tell us about styling for or on air because you guys are doing that now. Well, I'll start with the negative first in mm-hmm. that because there's not that much. And the negative really and what we were just discussing is that like at this 
point in time, I work for myself now. And so I don't have a big magazine budget. I don't have an assistant. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we would get shoots done and then I would just tell our, our closet assistants like, okay, great, all is done. So I just need you to pack that and send it to the studio. And it would show up at the studio. And then we would have interns at the studio that would unpack it and it would show up on the racks. And like, that's how it worked. Now, granted, yes, I did all the work prior to that. But at that point, by the time I was done being an assistant, I no longer packed trunks anymore. And like, that was really nice. I packed trunks for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Now I am back to you packing put in your trunks. Time. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm packing <laughs> trunks again. I've come 360 and I'm packing trunks again. Um, you know, I just, I don't hire an assistant for those prep days. Um, and it's a huge misconception that as stylists that, um, or as on-air consultants that we get paid for that. And we don't. Yeah. We don't get paid for that. That's I mean, the there's, hardest part. Yeah, it's a lot of work it's for a lot. very little gratitude. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? It's also, I mean, coming from the television field, the budgets don't exist. The ad yeah. budgets aren't there anymore. And so because that's dwindled so much, it's, it's so unfortunate how that's panning out. But then they're not paying for right. like the They yeah, don't pay me. The they don't pay the models. Diverse. It's yeah. all. Everyone's there. Because, and we're finding the models. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're literally doing end-to-end. Too, and yeah. it's a lot of work and yeah we do it all mm-hmm. I mean that's why I've been doing like I've been very fortunate that I've been working with brands that are hiring me as like their on-air expert or as their stylist for like their ad campaigns on air mm-hmm. but that's great because I get paid for those but when I'm on TV like you it's like oh we're doing all this work and we're not getting paid mm-hmm. yeah it really yeah. is a long game it's definitely you know that it's going to pay off in the end and it's the exposure and yeah. it's the experience and so that is a, the negative about it. Other than that, it's nothing but positive. I mean, I find that working with these producers and everything, like it's a whole different realm of fashion. You know, not that they're in fashion, but it's just like it's just like answering to an editor, you know, and it's yeah. like you have someone else that's editing your stuff and saying, okay, well, I like that, but can you find X, Y, and Z? And this looks good, but we need this. And, you know, it's the same exact thing as going through a run-through before a shoot. It's the same thing. In all of my experience in freelance up until this point, I think I've been searching for that next thing that would give me that creative satisfaction of putting a page together or putting a shoot together in a magazine and I had yet to really find it until I started doing on air and and really producing the shoots from start to finish like pitching the idea that I want to do like pitching a story idea like we would in the magazine and then actually producing and making it happen finding the models calling in the product styling the looks and then being the on air voice to it and so it's it all comes together and it just feels the most like that same satisfaction of like when you open up the magazine and you're like mm. <gasps> there it is there it the is spread. oh my god it looks so good yeah. oh my god see, look at that see those pants worked I knew they would oh my gosh that shoe can you believe that we got it in? like it's like that feeling it's that same it's gratifying, feeling. It's that gratifying. Yeah. the production part of it is not my favorite part of it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, my fa- me neither my, fa- <laughs> my favorite part is actually um, when it all comes together and then getting the feedback of like oh my god I can't believe you found all these I would wear these. Like, yes, that's yeah. the best When feeling. you have, like, you're dressing real people yep. and you're putting together looks that are relatable because I work on all these shoots all the time where I'm, you know, at the mercy of the brand or, you know... It, and you're they, removed from it. You're removed mm-hmm. from it. Or I'm trying to make it fit for that brand, but, like, it's just not a real person. I'm, yeah. mo- I'm putting on a size two model that is aspirational and I want to I show fashion for real people and that's my favorite part of the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, also that model too she's hired for the day and she's not wearing that outfit but when you're doing a segment like you're putting it on your models and when there's nothing better than when like fit your model and they're like I love this or outfit like, I want to wear like, this Kalika actually bought the shirt yeah, yeah. and, and you know what like 
I'm wearing the Edelman boots that you, you saw are. me. You <laughs> are! Yay! See, that, I that's, that's, that's my favorite that's part of it. Yeah. It really is. I mean, because you, like, for someone who's not in fashion, you tend to just go on autopilot and buy the same stuff. Yeah. And so you, like, open up our eyes and so you're that's just exactly like, why yeah. I started my closet cleanse business because I do find moms, you're in this, like, zone of, right. okay, this is what's worked for me in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep going to J. Crew, whatever, and keep buying the same thing over and over. And that's why I do these closet cleanses because we can go through and then I make a personal shopping list, very personalized. So that way, when you are going shopping in the future, it's what you actually need and rather going like aimlessly through a right, closet. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, so coming to like motherhood, if you guys can just shed a little light on your motherhood journey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I, can go first. I actually, um, I have six nieces and nephews. So I was a little prepared because mm. I have the experience of like all these kids that I knew exactly how hard it was for my sisters and I saw really what it was like and not just like, oh, you have a cute baby. <laughs> but I guess I wasn't prepared that like the time issue, yeah. like I think before I had kids, I thought I was busy yeah. and I, I don't know how I fit it all into a day now. Yeah. And it's amazing how much time, like you want it, time is the most commodity, like it's the biggest commodity in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Like I value time over anything else. And if I can spend time with my family, I would rather do that than make a million dollars. Yeah. So I think that was the biggest shock for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. How you have to like compartmentalize your time. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, I am in a similar situation. I'm the oldest of 18 grandkids. Wow. Um, I have a very big family. And so now finally, like our last ones are almost graduating high school. So (laughs) we're not in the baby phase anymore. But there's always, I've always been surrounded by babies and little kids. And it's just always been my life. So for me, when I was pregnant, I was very much like, great, just hand me the baby. Like, I'm done with this pregnancy. Like, you could give me the baby tomorrow. Like, I was very much like, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not scared of it. I'm prepared. I'm ready to go. And I, I know I'll be fine. I know I'll rock it. It's, it's great. Yeah. And I was. And I got, I had the baby and I was like, had no fear. Like, it was a huge fight with my husband to get a baby nurse. And I'm like, I don't need a baby nurse. Like, I know what I'm doing. I know how to bathe the baby. He's like, Jasmine, you don't know how to give an infant a bath. I'm like, I promise you I do. And, like, it's just, and also, even if I didn't, it's like, you your instincts take over when you have a child yes. and you just do it. So yeah. even if I didn't already know what I was doing, it was going to happen anyway. <laughs> yeah, but true. convincing him of that was like ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so that was all great. I think the most unexpected thing was that there were going to be times that I was not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, and that really hit me pretty hard, more so with the second baby because mm-hmm. the first baby comes in and it's it's wonderful and lovely and one baby is not like two. And the second time, around I was like you know even more confidence than the mm-hmm. first time because I was like first time around I was like I got this and then I had the baby and I was like see told you I got this <laughs> and the second time around it was like yeah I have this oh wait it's a different person right. they have a different personality and now I have two and it's a whole different ball game and I was really thrown for a loop when I got really flustered and I yeah. couldn't handle it I couldn't handle that I was flustered and I, like I kept being like what it, wait hold on what am I doing wrong why can't I get this why do I feel like I'm, I can't stay above water and my husband was like, Jasmine, I think that you're taking this really hard because it came so easily to you the first time around. And the second time around is a little bit tougher for obvious reasons. And you're not taking it that well. And I really didn't. Like I didn't take it very well that I wasn't super mom. 
Um, this is mm, good to know with yeah. baby on the way because yes. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it is hard. Yeah. I actually felt the same way with the first baby. And I, there were days that my husband would come home and I'd be like in tears and I'm like, I don't know what to do. He's been crying all day. You know, he's just been fussy. And it's like, that was a shock that like, uh, oh, I'm not as good as. Yeah. Like it's it's not completely instinctual. Like mm-hmm. it, you learn. Yeah. You learn. It takes time, and totally. you feel like you're going to break them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the best advice that I that I think we ever got. Um, my husband's a teacher, and he had a coworker say there are 16 year old kids that have babies and they survive. Yeah. You're going to be That's okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like going into it the second time around is like if I would have gone into it with the same. Well, I guess not the same mindset because I went into it very confidently. But I think in general, if you go into it with the same mindset is the first one, I think you're better off because if you go into it thinking like, yeah, I got this. I already had one. You're full because it's not the same. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. because even if this child was a complete carbon copy of your first, which they're not going to be, no. <laughs> even if they were, it's still two, not one. So yeah. just that in itself is a different experience and you have to completely adjust your life and learn all new things now and learn a whole new adjustment. And I just was not prepared for that. Like I didn't think about that mm-hmm. at all. I just kind of thought that this second baby was going to come in and pop into our life and like just kind of go along with our routine. We, we already have a routine. It's set. This is yeah, what you need to do. Yeah, exactly. So like fall in line as opposed to like, oh wait, you're a totally different human being and yeah. you don't like the same things as your sister and you right. don't, you know, all of those things. And like, it's just a whole new adjustment and you make it through just like you're saying, like you learn, yeah. you figure it out. But I didn't allow myself like that capacity. Like I just, I didn't allow myself to even have that flaw really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the biggest like shock to me. I was like totally unexpected. Like, oh my God, I'm not going to be perfect at this. Oh, but you are. I mean, it just, Thank yeah, you, we have to, yeah, embrace the uncertainties and the imperfections that come along with it. And I feel like we're all boss mamas in our own right, the way that we're, you know. And that everyone is in the same boat, truly. Like yes. it's, it's very cliche, but really everyone is just trying to make You're it work every day. Everyone's yeah. figuring it out and everyone's trying and to. And I feel like as a mom, you learn something new every day. Like just totally. when I think I have this all together. You don't. Something. Something no, else comes yeah. up, and I was I'm like, "Oh my god, I really <laughs> thought I knew it all." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm it's still so learning. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and everyone's, like, you know, they're all. Everyone's just like, you look at other people and think, like, "God, well, how does she have it all together? What, what am I doing wrong?" And it's like, you, she doesn't. She yeah. doesn't. Nobody well, just does. Like, yeah. you know, no one does. Me, like, how are you doing it all? And I'm like, I, I don't. Yeah. I, people ask me all the time, like, how are you juggling all the things you're doing? And I don't. Yeah. Something always has to give, and that's really the reality of it. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. And we have to like forgive ourselves and just embrace all of it. Yeah, I agree. Do you guys remember how on Oprah and on Ricky Lake, (laughs) there were the makeover segments? I feel like before I became a mom, I just thought that we were, as mothers, stereotyped to be frumpy and, you know, (laughs) just frazzled and just not, yeah, not put together. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, but that's that's the opposite in this day and age. And it's like so um, refreshing to see that, that we're, we're very put together. How do you style moms now? Because we are giving ourselves that allowance to like look great and feel great. Yeah. I mean, exactly what you said. I styled actually makeovers for Ambush Makeover and also the, when Katie Kirk had a show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like moms are always like, and, yeah, they're I mean, frazzled. And we have they, our moments. I mean, they, they, we live in makeover. yoga wear. But really in reality, I think when I style a mom, it's I want them to feel good. Mm-hmm. And I want them to feel like they did before, but feel like they're right for their new life and their new body. So that's 
that's really my focus when I style a mom. And I think I, that's why I started that whole mama form hashtag on my Instagram, because we don't have to look like moms. We can just look put together, effortless, chic, but right for the job, I guess you could say. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, well, I don't style moms specifically like Liz does, but I mean, a lot of my models are moms. Most of my models are moms, actually. Um, I don't really style them any different than I would style one else. Like, I always try to be age appropriate, yeah. but not, I don't, other than that, like, I don't style them any differently than I would style any other thing. I just look at the shoot as like, this is the concept, this is the cutest stuff, and this is who's going to wear it. And I don't really think like, oh, but she's a mom, so she probably shouldn't wear that. Or, right. oh, she's a mom, yeah, so exactly. I should dress her like this. Like, it doesn't really, I don't know, there's really no thought of that that goes into it um, at all. And I, I think just to Liz's point is like, it should really just be what makes you feel like you can take on the day. Because anyone, you know, should feel that way. But like, as a mom, it's like, there is a lot in your day and you have a lot to take on. So you want to feel good in the morning, like you can take on the day. And if that means yoga pants, then that's great. Mm-hmm. And if that means a dress and heels, then that's great too. But I just, you know, it should be what makes you feel great. And there are some days where like, if I have a pair of like really amazing high-waisted Lululemon pants on that are like mm-hmm. sucking me in in all the right places and like a cute sneaker and like a great sweatshirt and I'm super comfortable, but I feel like skinny and I'm like running around because I'm <laughs> yeah. comfortable and everything. Like sometimes I feel amazing in yes, that outfit exactly. way more than as I do in like amazing. a cocktail yeah, dress. Yeah, like a exactly. St. Laurent booty and like yeah. a skirt. Like who knows? But yeah. that sometimes makes me feel just as like powerful as another outfit. And I, I know that some people are very anti-athleisure trend and I understand like, you know, people being like, it's whatever, sloppy. I don't know why people hate it. They're, mm. They have their own reasons. But I think that it's just like, no matter what the trend and what people are into, it's like, if that's what makes you feel good when you step out of the house, if that's what gives you the confidence, then like, go for it. And yeah, I really yeah. think confidence is the best style. Totally. Yeah, because if you don't have the confidence, like you could put on the most gorgeous garment and if you don't feel good in it, it's, and if you don't have the confidence, like I, you, I see it right away you in my clients it. and mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a great garment. You don't feel great in it. Yeah. We're not yeah. doing that. We're not doing it. So Jazz, you touched on this a little bit. I feel like there are certain outfits that are appropriate for certain events and I love that you would style a woman for this regardless of whether she's a mom or anything else. What would you style a woman, mom, what have you, in, in for a date night? Oh, I'm all about a skinny jean. <laughs> skinny <laughs> jean, your butt's got to look good. Yeah. Skinny jean and a heel. Okay. Guys don't care about, you know, like, first of all, what designer you have on and they don't care about, like, a trend that you have on. They honestly want to see you in, like, a great pair of, like, pants and a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like, literally. We so it's, true. Like we said, it's really the confidence thing. If you feel good in it, uh, your husband, partner, or whoever is going to make you feel good and totally. you're going to notice that you feel good. Yeah. So it's really, like, I, I guess what I styled you in for that segment was, mm-hmm. like, it was just a sweater and a yep. great pair of pants, but the way that you carried yourself and the way you, like, felt in it and you felt confident, like, that would be date night outfit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, and what about client meeting? Client meeting. I think it really depends on the business that they're mm-hmm. in. True. Um, I actually had a client, a personal styling client yesterday, and we did looks 
for all of, she has speaking engagements, she has teaching events and different things. We just kind of style things based on all of what she does, but she's a little bit more casual than somebody who goes to an office. Okay. So I would say for her, I was styling her in, um, she looked great and felt her best in black pants. Okay. And so I think that was something that she, you could just see the confidence in. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was really great, but then I might find somebody else who I'll put a dress in. And, right. You know, so really I think it depends on the person. Like a shift dress or A-line or? Whatever flatters the person mm. and they feel great in. Because okay. really, it's not about what I like, it's about what they yeah. feel good in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and what about you? I mean, I would probably echo that. I know I don't want to give like the same answer over and over and again, but if you're going into a client meeting, I mean, you want to feel powerful. You want yeah. to feel like you own the room, but if anything else, if not that, at least own yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your own confidence. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's going to be about like what you feel comfortable in. So if you're a pants person, like I would say, go for a power pant. Like I always mm-hmm. love like either a nice like wide leg pant. There's something that's going to make you look tall and mm-hmm. powerful and you want to feel like really tall and great with a great pair of shoes and like a power pant. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're, you know, a skirt person, like I always love a, a leather pencil skirt. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about it that feels like a little less like 80s power suit, mm-hmm. but yet you're still in a, you know, a long skirt. It's appropriate for work or an office or a meeting, but it's like there's a cool factor to it. And you yeah. can pair it with it something like, stuffy. yeah, it doesn't feel stuffy. That's actually what I styled my client in yesterday yeah. for her, her speaking <laughs> engagement. Um, what is your personal style? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I would first. say, I get asked this a lot, and I guess. I don't know if like people view me as this, but I feel like I would say polished yet effortless and with a little 70s vibe. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I, I see the boho. <laughs> I've worked on that for a while. <laughs> it's like that question and then like, who's your favorite designer question? Yeah. Or like oh, the so worst many. question. But I mean, a yes. yeah. um, I have the worst questions coming up then because I, I want to know. No, do know. No, no, it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, no pressure. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely tend to lean more towards like basics and, and comfort, but like not in a, you know, schlubby kind of Can way. I, can I say what I think? Your yeah, style go for is? it. You you yeah. answer it. I feel like your style is very just like cool girl downtown, effortless, oh, I love chic. It. contemporary. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like I'm you're a little like, bit more on the casual side. And I am. Like, I love that. Like you just you rock it. Yeah, yeah. I just I love like a good jeans and tee. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just who I am and who I always have been. You know, I just find like the various versions of it. I might have like a major designer tee on, or mm-hmm. it might be Target, but right. it's always just like my jam. I mean, I'm an accessories girl at heart. Yeah. So that could be why I kind of sort of dress like a blank slate a lot yes. of the time because I just, I really love accessories. Mm-hmm. And usually like that's where I kind of like pick it up a notch before I walk out the door. Yeah. And then usually it's a blazer actually. Like yeah. I just always throw in a blazer. <laughs> Gotta have a blazer. Or a leather jacket. Like those are my yeah, two. Yeah, and a leather jacket. Nice. Yeah. And the accessories, I love how um, you just are a master at layering. You did an Instagram <laughs> video on this with the, oh, yeah. with the bracelets. Yeah, it's um, something there's new like I've been a, Yeah, on. like tell us about the. Well, so like I layer stuff all the time and it just comes naturally I'm to me. i that you have time because mm. when I'm getting ready in the morning, I can't think about the layering thing. I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of like go-to yeah. like that I continue to just do over But I like forget or to put on my jewelry in the morning. Mm. Well, there's a lot of times that like that layer of stacked necklaces, I've slept in. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So true. like there's that, I forgot that I had it on. Mm-hmm. That's usually a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, it's like something that I've always gotten asked questions by like friends of like, well, how 
how do I layer this? Or like, you know, you see someone with like a cool stack of rings on and even myself, like I'll be checking people out and be like, oh, that's really like, let me copy that. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know the real answers. I just kind of know what my taste and style is, like how I sort of approach it, like my method of madness. But yeah, and I just, I don't know. I just like did that video randomly actually for an Instagram takeover. And I don't even know if it went over well because it was for someone else's Instagram. So I didn't really see the feedback. I watched it on their Mm -hmm. feed. Yeah, I loved it though. Like I had fun doing it. And I was like, I think I want to do more of these. So I had saved the video and then I was like, I'm going to repost it on mine. And then I think I'm going to do more of them. We live in this world right now of like recipes and like you can go on and watch a one minute video of how to make like a chocolate souffle and like (laughs) granted it may or may not turn out but like there's just something really gratifying about getting at the end of that video and you just feel like it's very broken down like step by step and I just wanted to do something very simplified like that of like step by step of like here's how to get this look and this is how I think you should get it and that's it and like call it a day it's not too hard yeah Um, I love that what are some of the accessory brands that you are loving right now because there's so many that we can follow on Instagram Mm -hmm. that are delicate and dainty and it's like which ones do you like best? I mean I've always loved Jennifer Fisher and used to work with Jennifer Fisher before she was like the Jennifer Fisher that she is Mm -hmm. now and I've always loved her pieces so that's like a great thing for me but I was never in a place in my life that I could afford her pieces (laughs) until like a year ago. I don't have that many of her pieces but love them because I think that they're like great base layers to always have. They're classic and they're gonna you know stand the test of time. Bobble Bar is like a major go-to. I mean they really have everything that's going to be trending like they're just going to have it it's like the Zara you know like Mm -hmm. you know you're going to be able to find something if it's a trend on the runway they're going to have it they're going to have an affordable price they even if it's not something that's trending the other pieces that they have you're like oh I really like this and then you just you know it's it's a great great destination Um, and then as far as like personal and dainty jewelry again because as I'm getting older and spending a little bit more money on jewelry Mm -hmm. now or asking my husband to for Um, I always go to my story jewelry Um, she's a friend of mine and now has you know really her company has taken off and she and I always work together and kind of like create my own thing I'm probably her like most annoying client because I'm like I love this but can we make it like this and I'm always like personalizing (laughs) but it's great because you really like create your story with her pieces and it's like you know whether it's different stones that represent different things Um, I love that I have tons of like stacks of her rings that I put on all the time that each ring sort of represents a different time in my life or a different occasion in my life and I wear them all different ways and I stack them with super cheap fast fashion rings too Mm. and it all works so I really like to keep it as a mix but I would say that those are definitely like the three on my rotation right Mm -hmm. now for sure great I think for me uh, my mom was a jewelry designer Mm. so yeah so I have like that in my blood I actually had a jewelry line for a while Mm -hmm. that I was was, with all the time I had Um, (laughs) but I, I had a jewelry line that I was selling actually at the markets throughout the city and um, I got onto celebrities and magazines and it was like very exciting and so that was like pretty much all I wore for years wow. because I had to represent my own brand mm-hmm. and um, I'm still in the works of relaunching and doing it um, instead of because I was actually making all the jewelry myself. Oh my goodness. Tell us crazy. about the aesthetic. <laughs> um, so because my mom was a jeweler I have a lot of her pieces. I have a lot of heirloom pieces. Um, actually this is one that she made and this is an heirloom. So I I just collected so many heirlooms over the years and then love antique shopping. And so I was actually reworking antique pieces, making new jewelry out of it and creating new life because I love sustainability and fashion. That's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah. That was pretty much my career for a while. I was juggling styling and jewelry at the mm-hmm. same time, yeah. like okay. working seven days a week my and blogging goodness. too. Yeah. <laughs> blogging. <night. laughs> so, um, yeah, that's basically all I wore for a while. But then 
I just got too busy that I had to unfortunately put that on the side. Yeah. Um, so I still love that aesthetic. Uh, like Erica Weiner is a great jewelry oh, brand yeah. because she has that you know vintage aesthetic, and she also repurposes and you know recreates things or even sells vintage. So I love that, and she's local. I also love local designer Melissa Joy Manning. My husband buys so a lot good. of stuff from her. From I just I'm obsessed. Like my push present, whereas um, these like diamond chip earrings from her that are so cool. Like yeah. I, I love good classic pieces that I can you know eventually pass down on my kids because you know again sustainability I think it's so cool to have pieces that last mm-hmm. absolutely um, and so with the sustainability trend that has come to be which is a great one what are some of the things that you're noticing from the lens of being a fashion expert well I just love that lately like the whole renting thing is mm-hmm. like a huge trend yes. because that's saving a lot of all the you know the fashion is like actually one of the most polluting industries in our world um, 85% of textiles that's produced actually ends up in a landfill, oh which is goodness. terrifying. Yeah. So anything we can do to make that less. <laughs> mm-hmm. And renting, I think, has totally changed the game. And I really like that. And especially because we don't all have the money to wear designer clothes, but we do want to look fabulous. Yeah. It gives everybody the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love Rent the Runway is my, my go-to. I always, like, I'm not buying maternity jeans. I'm wearing Rent right. the Runway. Right, right. It makes it so much easier. And um, even my husband, he constantly tells me, he's like, you're saving so much money on shopping. He's like, <laughs> you saved $30,000 because they give you like a little recap at the end of the year. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you saved $30,000 for us last year. Yeah. And I'm like, see. <laughs> it is something. So, yeah, yeah, I, I do love, love that. the Unlimited. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's so nice to be able to like switch things out, feel like you have a refresh in your wardrobe all the time, and whenever you want things. it. And try, yeah, exactly. Experiment a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is your take? I, there's something to be said about all of these like style boxes too. It's like, it's getting sent to your house and you have that opportunity to like try it on see if you like it and then send it back and Mm. it's so easy to send back as opposed to like going to a store buying a million things and Mm -hmm. then like you getting back to the store and returning the things you didn't want chances are pretty slim you know and it's sort of the same thing with like online shopping the online shopping actually they if you send things back when and I hate to say it because we do this part of our job is to buy things return things but when you send it back a lot of the times they can't actually put it back into the stores so they actually it ends up in a landfill which is really sad (laughs) and you know so I think just the way that we look at our industry I mean this isn't for all stores I think it's more of the fashion fashion stores but just the way we look at an industry overall I'm so happy we're having this conversation Mm -hmm. and that we are progressing and things are changing and just by us talking about this we see so many brands lately that are really making the change Mm -hmm. Um, one of the brands I really love supporting even though they are fast fashion is uh, H&M and another stories because they are making initiatives to recycle if you bring a garment into their stores you can actually get 10% off and they recycle it and they make it into new clothes okay so even though a lot of their clothes aren't sustainable Mm -hmm. they're still making initiatives to do things yeah and I think the more we demand that as consumers the more these businesses are going to do things about that right and I think that's going to be the biggest trend going forward yes okay so what are some brands you love and they can be homegrown or high-end um for (laughs) always the hardest question to ask Um, for the following I feel like homegrown see you guys are in the know right so then (laughs) you know about these like budding designers that you know um, those of us in fashion don't know about so like it's it's nice to hear those new names so for apparel if you came up with like a designer that you're like this is my like grassroots like (laughs) I I will have to say because I'm pregnant right now and I'm only looking at like maternity fashion lately um, I've been so into two brands that I love supporting and I love everything they're doing it one 
Hannah's Hatch. Yep. I think they are just knocking out of the park. Like everything is spot on, everything down to their branding, everything down to the packaging. It's just exactly like I wish I did that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so oh, I'm really? so impressed by what they do and I love supporting them. And there's a new brand called Anish, um, also by a local mom mm-hmm. and or moms. And um, I love that they're making clothes that you're not just going to wear during your pregnancy, just like Hatch, uh, that you want to wear through every stage of motherhood. Okay. So you're going to wear that dress after you're pregnant. That's and great. that's what I think, like back to the sustainability thing, like we shouldn't buy clothes, you know, for the first trimester, then the second trimester. <laughs> you're like buying it all the time. And yeah. like, I love that these brands are doing things that you're going to want to wear for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, and then for apparel, do you have a high-end brand that you're like, this is my go-to for that? Oh God, there's so many I like. Um, I love Ula Johnson, honestly, everything that she makes. I'm like, I want that. Um, there's an indie brand called Love Sam. Mm-hmm. I, I just styled their lookbook and I just was like, I want this. I want this and they like paid me in clothes and I just basically <laughs> was like I'll take, I'll take everything <laughs> so yeah I love what they do um, I'm really into Nine Bing because she's just like cool girl mm-hmm. like want, like I'm wearing her blazer today and I just like feel great in it mm-hmm. so pieces that I feel like I'll wear forever mm-hmm. I think yeah yeah and for you Jess oh, can I just take all her answers yeah <laughs> <laughs> <All the day. laughs> it's too overwhelming what are you wearing I love this sweater you're yeah. wearing well I don't want to tell you because it's not sustainable <laughs> Oh, no, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, wait, wait. But Zara is actually making initiatives to be more sustainable. Mm. So I do say it's okay to support Zara still as I am a Zara lover. (laughs) I am a Zara lover. No, I do love this. Um, And they also have a mom line now. Like, do you see? Yes. They have a whole section on their site that it's like like mama friendly. Yeah. But it's not maternity. It's like clothes that you can wear. It's like forgiving around the. Just clothes that you can wear as a mom. Oh, I love it. And like, you know, I, I saw somebody actually the other day in a dress that I was like what is that dress and she yeah. was like it's Zara and I looked at and it was on the mom oh, like wow. section yeah. and <laughs> I, I, I actually wore it as a, like a pregnancy dress and right. it's great yeah that's so cool um, okay yeah. so let's see um, homegrown brands I feel like god I don't work with as many as often anymore as I did when I was in the magazine mm-hmm. it's just like a constant like of trying to find new brands new brands new brands yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now when I'm doing more TV segments it's really about like what's going to be across the country that's accessible for everyone so it's a lot of mall brands um, (laughs) to be completely honest even though people aren't going into a mall but you know what I mean it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of brands that are really really accessible for people Um, I always love J. Crew. like it's always just a good go-to and I feel like they really strike the balance of you know being trendy but not intimidating Yeah, Um, they're fashion forward and feel like you're getting the trends but if you don't want to necessarily go in that direction you don't have to either Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like that's you know they really straddle the line very well. I mean, I'm so in love with Redone right now, but so is everyone else. <laughs> um, and, you know, they've been doing such amazing jeans for the past, like, I don't even know how many years now. And it's just really nice that they're so popular now because now there's more of them. Because <laughs> at the time when we were calling them in for the magazine, I remember it being like, oh my gosh, like they were always out of samples or right. they were like always out of stock because they were really redone. Like they were <laughs> making these jeans and they were all so unique and it was like so hard to like get one that looks like the other so I'm glad that they're mass producing now (laughs) and that everyone can like get a lot of them I mean it's just the go-to like I'm always looking for the best new jean and I have way too many pairs of jeans Uh, (laughs) 
So that's good. I love Maj. I think it's like perfect, like Parisian, mm-hmm. feminine, adorable stuff that, you know, I always go after. Um, as far as like high design, I'm like Isabel Morant through mm-hmm. and through. It's like I try I not to like it because uh, I'm yeah. like I have too go much broke. of it in my life <laughs> and I'll go broke. But every time I just go back to that, you know, strong shoulder and ruffly skirt that I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm never going to wear that skirt, but I'm going to get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I just, I really love Isabel Morant, like totally through and through. It's like definitely a go-to. Um, yeah, like that, I would say she's like my big designer splurge a lot of the time. I love Ola Johnson as well. I mean, she's so good. Definitely a, and a, a good, good mom brand too. <laughs> a really good mom brand and a good close second like behind Isabel. Yeah. She has that same aesthetic, which I love. Totally. Um, I love ATM for all of my basics. Um, mm. They're just so good as far as like they're so soft. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's expensive, <laughs> it's but it lasts. Yeah, like it's a splurge, but it is so good because it's like the softest turtleneck you'll ever put on. Mm-hmm. your body I wore a ton of it when I was pregnant because they just all fit over my belly and stretched out but like didn't really stretch out you know what I mean yeah yeah oh that's um, perfect yeah so that's another big splurge that I love mm-hmm. okay so what about bags bags so mm-hmm. I actually sold like most of my designer handbags when I had a kid okay <laughs> so I don't do designer because they just get just like everything yeah. when a kid gets destroyed yeah um but I really love everything that Clara Vivier does or oh, she goes by Clara V um she opened so a good. store in my neighborhood and I'm like damn you it's so dangerous. Um, but everything is just timeless, really beautifully made. Like I have a bag that's in the shape of a circle that is so cool. And I get compliments every time I wear it. I wore it to fashion week. There's nothing like it, but I like that it's not heavily branded. Right, right. That's I great. agree. I don't like something that's heavily branded. I have a lot of vintage bags. Mm. Um, and Vintage is about Yeah, like I have a ton of vintage bags, mostly because it's a more affordable option. And also just like, yeah, they were cool. And so I have like a lot of like vintage Chanel and Dior and that kind of stuff I think that whether it's old Chanel or new Chanel they all look the same because they're all so classic so that's really great but when I'm always like when I'm going after a bag I don't get too trendy I really always kind of stick with the classic Mm -hmm. so you know if I'm gonna have like an endless budget then Chanel's gonna be my (laughs) go-to for bag Um, I just yeah it's like you're never gonna find something as classic as that I don't think Um, and then I love Claire V I have a couple of her bags and same thing it's just like classic non-branded chic like always oh, chic that reminds me mm. Stodd I've been really oh, yeah. into Stodd um, the shapes are just like totally unique and unlike anything else you'd see out there and also designed by a stylist yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. so love supporting that um, yeah. and then Givenchy is always a great oh, one for yeah. me too I mean I find because I sold mine oh. <laughs> I'm so sad <laughs> <laughs> I find that because, you know, it's so hard to actually have the finances and like the unlimited funds to be able to wear these beautiful mm-hmm. designers on, you know, their clothing is just ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to be able to get that in your life and that style in your life. You can splurge on, you know, the bag, the shoes. So I tend to have a lot of designer accessories and not as many designer clothes. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense for me. It just, you know, every now and then. But for the most part, my clothing is definitely like contemporary or lower price point. And my accessories, like my shoes and my bags are all um, Yeah, a good pair of shoes makes a huge difference. Yeah, you have them for years and years and years and years. And if you take care of them, even more. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So shoes, what are your go-to shoes? I've been really into number six boots, like the clog furry boots that every mom in New York has. (laughs) But they're so comfortable and I just think they look so cool and they're, I guess, part of my 70s 
70s aesthetic, so I've been really into that. And then I live all the time in two pairs of sneakers, my Vejas, which are awesome. Oh. They're sustainable, mm-hmm. um, and they're really comfortable and timeless. They're just white and chic. And then my Golden Goose, and I just rotate. Basically, that's like my mom uniform, okay. wearing those three shoes. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so Golden Goose is like my go-to for sneakers just because like no matter what you're wearing, just you look cool. And they they're do. comfortable. And they have and a special I love, insole. I love so the I can insole. be on my feet all day, and they're so comfy. Mm. And I love that it gives you a little bit of a lift. Like there's nothing like a little bit of a heel that just mm-hmm. like gives you a little extra posture and confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> like exactly. even when we were shooting like beauty stuff, we would always put the model like yeah. in a little bit of a heel. She just holds herself oh, a little yeah. differently. I always yeah. touch the model, yeah. even just if you don't see the feet. Do yeah. you want heels? Do you want a heel? It gives you that little like little yeah. extra something. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So I love that the sneakers have that. Um, I love Alexander Berman. Uh, amazing heels, Tamara Mellon. I mean, it's just like I can't resist. <laughs> so so good. Um, I'm so impressed that you're wearing heels still. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not all the time, but I just like I just adore them. Like I love them. I'm actually it's funny because like now that I don't wear heels as much since mm-hmm. I became a mom, my feet like they they need to readjust or something. Yeah, yeah I can't so wear heels more. And now like I'm not as good in them. It's kind of funny. Um, and then Saint Laurent, I have a couple of great pairs yeah. of shoes. Saint Laurent. I'm wearing Saint Laurent today. Yeah. These are just gonna be in my closet forever. Forever. Yeah. I agree. That's so cool. One of these fun facts that I've come to know about both of you is that you can sew. And not all fashion people can sew. But I think it's like the coolest Everybody thing ever. Sew. Yeah. I mean, where did you learn how to sew? And like when? Uh, we actually had home ec, like home in Korea. Okay. Like, I think it might have been in home ec. Wow. I think I, I think that's where yeah. I originally learned. And, and like then sixth grade or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. I don't awesome. know, but it's something that I've always loved. And so I actually because I loved be I like was determined to be an entrepreneur since I was like two. Um I had a handbag line in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Love> that. <laughs> so weird. Was it like bedazzled? Kind no, of things, actually, um, going back to sustainability, I guess, I would take recycled fabrics and okay. I would, um, especially jeans, like old pairs of jeans, and I would take vintage ties and I would make handbags out of it. And then I would sell them to people I know. And yeah, and then when I worked in fashion, I interned, they, I, they had all these scrap fabrics that they were going to throw away. And I was like, I'll take them. <laughs> and then so I ended up sewing things out of them. And, yeah, oh, wow. So. <laughs> That's so cool. I don't have as an exciting of a story. I mean, basically, I think it might have been Mac or something. <laughs> <laughs> like self-taught from yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good skill to have. Okay, so now I want to ask you your best fashion hacks. Okay. There's so many. <laughs> there are so many. I feel like, and we take them for granted, that like I don't even know that they're hacks anymore. Yeah, you point. told me one that I did was a hack, and <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's just something I do. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, I completely agree. Um, I mean, well, one of my hacks, I got so many comments on was my coat buttons hack. So what I like to do either on like coats that I've had for a really long time, or if I buy just an inexpensive fast fashion coat, um, I replace the buttons. So in a perfect world, I would like have all these super chic vintage buttons Mm -hmm. and I just happen to have laying around, but that's not really the case. So I usually will go somewhere um, in the garment district and buy new buttons and I switch out the buttons. So like sometimes it's just to kind of like like revamp a coat that's been in my closet for a while and sometimes it's to make a coat look more elevated because I bought it maybe at a fast fashion store and a lot of the times you can tell where they cut the corners to make it so cheap because usually the, the it's usually the hardware <laughs> yeah so to me when you see hardware that's like high shine 
even if it's not like the best of the best, that makes things look like more luxe to me. Right. Um, and a lot of times you won't find that in fast fashion. And if you do, it's it's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. So you should just grab that piece because it's going to be good. <laughs> um, yeah. So I usually like to buy like a high shine gold button or something like that. I mean, there's so many options out there. Buttons. I also was thinking like you can buy anything on Etsy or eBay. So mm. if you wanted to buy like vintage buttons, you could. And then I just switch them out. And my secret is that I use even when I'm not switching out buttons, just like a button falls off, I use dental floss as my <laughs> as um, your thread. As my thread. It's so strong. It doesn't break. And so my buttons never come off. And honestly, like I can't even take credit for it. My mom just told me that one time. It was like use dental floss. And I was like, okay. Smart mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I've was, never heard that before. That's yeah. And it's clear. And you it's really clear. Get to like see yeah, it. like you don't see it. Or even awesome. if you do, like do you really care if someone sees like your white dental? Like it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to assume it's floss. No. Yeah, no one's going to Yeah, it's exactly. like floss. It looks like good, yeah. And you, sell, you like, smell a little minty. Yeah, it's totally could be worse. Yeah, it's, it, it, they don't fall off. Like, it's really tight and strong. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's my that's my hack. I'm sure I have a million other ones. Watch Once you start talking, I'll like, <laughs> like five others. Well, I can't believe you thought that was a hack uh, when you had a hole in your pants and I took mm. out a piece of fashion tape, or we call it top stick in the industry. I took it out and you were like, oh, there's your hack. There's your fashion hack. And I'm like, that's just what I do as a stylist. But I I take it for granted. I always have fashion tape on me because you never know, like, whenever you're in the moment. Wait, so what did you do? So I have a whole, right now, I have a wardrobe malfunction during this episode. (laughs) And I was like, look, at this just happened today. Right. She pulled out some fashion tape and was like, just... Tape it together and, yeah. and also it later, but yeah, yeah, but to get you home yeah. at least, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. but yeah, that's I mean, that's not something I, I actually have a whole highlight section on my Instagram if you want to see all fashion hacks that I, I do and I, oh, I, I keep adding that. more because mm-hmm. I probably have so I, many hacks in so much on a shoot. Like, I was on a shoot one time and I was somebody had their bracelet stuck, and so I have one of my hacks is that if you put a plastic bag through your arm through the bracelet and then pull off the bag, it'll get it'll slip the bracelet. Oh wow! Without having to like look at my coconut oil, yeah, you don't have to lather up your skin. You just put the the plastic bag through, and then it pulls right off. And so so I was like, quick, and told my assistant to get my iPhone. I was like, let's film this. This is a great idea. Yeah, Yeah. but like it's things that like I do all the time on set, and I forget. Like I always have a black sharpie on hand because like if a shoe gets scuffed or if like there's like a little tear or something in the shirt, Mm -hmm. I'll like touch it up with a sharpie. Uh Yeah, yeah. And so you can even do that at home if like you don't you know in between going to the shoemaker to like fix up your shoes right just put a little sharpie on it it's fine. yeah <laughs> great advice yeah. yeah um if you're running like you know you don't have a lint roller i like to use the velvet hangers sometimes i hate wire hangers but if you have static Oh yeah, wire hanger. Use a wire hanger. You don't yeah. need static guard. You don't really? Need guard. Yeah, you just take a you wire, just hanger wire hanger and you just like put it all over yourself. Yeah. yeah, it takes the static out. So if you actually sign up on my like, mailing list, you mm-hmm. can see all of my little like tools and tricks and it, it'll send it to you. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so yeah, cool. we'll include yeah. your website um, uh, in the show notes and then at the end I'll say them. That's awesome. You're signing up for your yeah. house. <laughs> yeah. You should yeah. actually trace me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Add to the list. Smell a collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh my goodness, this is so funny. 
when I like if I have um, like some broken jewelry sometimes um, like a clasp breaks or something like that I always use a safety pin to like Mm. clasp them together and same thing if you're like layering different necklaces and you don't want them to get tangled I use a safety pin in the back to like layer all of them on and then it prevents them from like twisting I also use safety pins on my shoes like if a necklace you wanted a different length you can use a safety pin or a couple safety pins to change the length which yeah. I'm not a lot of things that we I mean we pin pretty much everything yeah. on set and it's yeah. not a majority like, of it don't look at us from the back it's, yeah it's all smoke and mirrors like even it's oh all smoke God. and mirrors yeah. but that is a hack that you could do and like in real life because you can tuck it into the back of your um your top right? I actually yeah, exactly. did I did like that on our segment so actually on our segment one of the skirts I wanted it a little bit more high waisted and I uh, pinned it and I was like mm-hmm. nobody will see it yeah and I don't think anybody noticed yeah no 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 you don't yeah um, do you guys just like steam everything? Yeah. I feel like that your go-to thing is like steaming and that not is, ironing. Yeah, I mean, everybody should have a steamer. Um, the go-to in the industry is Jiffy. Mm-hmm. There is a more like user-friendly one. Like we have the industrial ones that we use on shoes. Yeah. Um, they have a little travel steamer that yeah. works just as well. It's called the Jiffy Esteem. Mm-hmm. Yes, Esteem, I have it. S-T-E-E-S-T-E-A-M. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is the most powerful thing and it's so easy and like you you don't need to have any skill to use it. You just open it, put the water in, yeah, and plug it, plug in, it in, in, and go. Yeah, it's so easy. And, yeah. like, there's no excuse to have wrinkled clothes. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Absolutely. I heard um, a hack that I can't really say, because I, like, I can't really stand by because I don't do red carpet, so I don't know, but I should try it just in life. I heard that a lot of red carpet stylists now are using CBD oil on the bottoms of the celebrities' feet for, like, heels, like, mm. apparently. It's Actually, you know what's for, like, even good. better if you, you know, I don't know. Yeah. CBD is so controversial. What I use, actually, on my shoes, and you can yeah. probably also use in red carpet, um, they, if you have, like, a gel deodorant, mm. you just rub that wherever it rubs, like, the friction, and you mm. don't get blisters. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I really can't. So next time I'm at a red carpet. Yeah, I can't speak for oh, that one. Also, there's a brand called Forme, and I actually use it today because my feet are growing and yeah. being pregnant. Uh, there's a brand called Forme, and it actually is a shoe expander to stretch your shoes. Oh, and wow. It really works. Like, I, I had like a model the other day who was size bigger than the shoes that we had stretched it overnight and it was fine and yeah. like it's yeah that's a great one for red carpet and yeah for life <laughs> yeah absolutely totally. um do, 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 do. okay what are you guys working on right now well i know what you're working on yeah. <laughs> i'm working on um, a segment for today's show um, mm-hmm. oh and the black bib of course i mean that's like my current hustle all the time i kind of forget about it because it's so part of my life but um yeah, yeah the black bib my black leather baby line um baby bib line that I designed um when I had Isla I just like wanted something cool like my black leather jacket and was like let's do a black leather bib um (laughs) so yeah so I'm working on that all the time and um that's exciting we just got picked up by Jet Black um which I feel like it's like a really yeah it's a good partner for us it just feels like the aesthetic is all in line Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's what takes up most of my time to be honest Mm -hmm. so I'm still working on styling shoots and um I'm about to enter my third trimester in pregnancy (laughs) so um I think I'm right now I'm focusing on my blog theneworkstyles.com and I'm trying to focus on just the next steps on all that and growing my personal styling business 
business because that is something that I just love doing and it's something that I don't have to be on my feet 10 Mm -hmm. hours a day. So, um, you know, the more pregnant I'm getting, I think I'm trying to find that balance of working and not being on my feet all day. (laughs) It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. I remember when I was pregnant and towards the end, like shooting and being on set all day long. Oh, yeah. You're standing and it's like, I would just come home and crash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I can't do that now with a toddler. Yeah. So I actually worked um, when I was pregnant the first time. I worked up until 38 weeks and like I just did it. I just hustled. People were like, how are you still standing? And now I'm like, oh, I can't go to sleep when I go home. Like, it's like I'm on on my second job. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. So, yeah. So I think I'm just trying to find other ways to make my business work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What um, was something that your kids um, or your son did that just surprised you recently? My son, um, I asked him who his best friend was. And he said, you, mama. Oh, (laughs) that's the best. No, I meant like your friend. Yeah. Mama. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I was, I was like, like oh, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Same. So I like so my mom's voice. Yeah. Same. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I never know how she's going to be like, she loves to dance and she dances all day long, like in the apartment, but mm-hmm. I never know like how it's going to be. And when I see her in class and I also like, I've gotten a couple of things from the teacher being like, Oh, she has trouble focusing. So I'm like, who <laughs> even knows what this is going to be when I go. And she was so good. Like, I was like, so surprised. Like, I mean, I knew she would be like having fun, but she's like actually good. And then like follow the directions and like totally follow the structure of the class because it's like a proper ballet class yeah yeah and was doing like center floor and like followed the instructions and then like they go down the floor one at a time and like do what they're told and like she did it by herself like down the center of the floor like this That's whole amazing. ballet how old is she She's three. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I was like, wow. That takes a really level of maturity impressive. for sure. Um, okay. So the reason why the podcast is called That's Total Mom Sense mm-hmm. is because I feel like we have a built-in sixth sense. It's our mom sense. And um, and we should always trust it and never really second guess it. So is there a moment in time that you just trusted that mom sense and you were like, you know what? I have a good feeling about this. We're going to do it this way. For me, it was like my biggest stress after having a baby was like, what am I going to do about childcare? And it was something that was like such a burden Mm -hmm. and I was in tears over and it was like, what am I going to do? And then I had this aha moment because I'm a freelancer. I can't do the typical, like have a nanny nine to five and that's it. Um, So I saw a posting on Facebook and like our local mom group saying, um, Hey, I'm a new mom. And I really like, I've loved nannying in the past I want to do like a nanny share type of thing where I'm the nanny. I bring my daughter and I can nanny for somebody. Where can I post about that? And I said, wait, wait, don't post. Yeah. I said, that's exactly what I need. Yeah. And so I met with her. We met once. The, like there were babies. Like I'm like, oh, they hit it off, I guess, because yeah. they're babies. <laughs> um, and then I just had this instinct that like, yeah, she's trusting. She's great. Yeah. And she'll be good with him. And it was the best decision I ever made. Like she was with us for a year and a half until he went to daycare. And and it was like, I really think that she, in some ways I feel like she was like a better parent than I was. (laughs) Like I learned so much from her and it was like, I can trust her. And 
it was it was a really great experience for as far as childcare. And I was like, I had this like instinct, and people were like, "Wait, did you get her background? Did you get her license?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, I didn't even like do a background check or anything. I didn't call anybody. Mm-hmm. I just was like, nope, I, I have a good intuition about this." And yeah. So there's something to be said about like your intuition, and when you know that something's not going right, that you really you know can react to it, and there's a reason. Right. Absolutely. So I can't really think of an instance that like, oh yeah, that was like good that I followed my gut. But I do know like the opposite when I didn't follow my gut mm. and it totally fell apart. And it was when it was the literally the one time that I never like that I didn't trust my instinct on it. And it was that when I was potty training Isla and it was a year ago and I totally was like, it. she's good potty trained. I was very, very pregnant. It was this time of year. He was due in <laughs> April. And I was like, you need to be potty trained. We're getting this over with. It's the winter time. We're stuck inside. This is what we're doing. And I had this like whole plan. Like I read the book and I read all the things. I was like, this is what everyone tells me to do. And up until that point, I had never read one book on parenting. Mm-hmm. I had never taken anyone's advice on like what I need to do as far as like, you know, this is what you should do for this outcome. Like I just never had. I always just followed what I felt was right and followed my instinct. And this time I didn't do that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to read this book and this is the plan. And it backfired so badly. And she wasn't ready. And um, I kept pushing her and pushing her, which mm-hmm. kept making it worse. I had a meltdown. She had a meltdown. We yeah. hated each other. It was just like a whole nightmare. And we're, here we are a year later. She's still not potty trained. And I mean, I'm totally fine with it. I'm like, because I had such a meltdown. That well, it's also hard when there's a new college baby in the way. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I was like, I don't care. Your roommate in college can potty train you. Yeah. I, like, I actually don't care. Um, and I kind of still feel that way. Like, I'm kind of just like, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. I don't know if this is like this is when you know she's going to do it or if the reason she's not doing it is because I pushed her so hard right. not that I like beat myself up about it yeah. but I do think that there's definitely something to be said of like I was like no we have to do this and this is what I read in the book yeah. and we had actually a very similar three days experience. you're supposed to be potty trained right. you hear yeah, all these yeah, stories no. about yeah. like oh it's, it only takes yeah. three days so we had a similar experience where my son like resisted he yeah. like he did really well and then all of a sudden he like resisted and I think it was like the pushing and everything yeah. and then my husband realized my husband who has never opened a parenting book in his life he opened the chapter for three-year-olds even though he was two and it was like the one chapter in the oh crap book that I didn't yeah, read yeah, because yeah. my son wasn't three and I was like why do I need to read this he's like our son is at the level of a three-year-old so that's why we need to follow this section yeah. and it changed everything and like my husband has that maternal instinct I guess and so that really made it a lot easier for us and maybe that'll yeah. help you mm-hmm. <laughs> if only books could like really yeah. teach us everything I in parenting know. I mean if there's I one thing I learned in, in being a mom it's that like nothing is exactly by the book like yeah, your kid exactly. is your kid and totally. <laughs> yeah. you and gotta do what's right for lesson. your kid yeah it was a good yeah. lesson for me to learn of like that I can't just go with something because I think that's what I'm supposed to be doing yeah, mm-hmm. so. yeah that's great it's really great advice Let's not forget our quote of the day. Is there a quote that you live by? So for me, it's totally cliche, but um, the quote of, if you choose a job you love, then you'll never work a day in your life. Mm. And it's, 
it's really true. It's like I I was working in advertising and I was miserable every day. I was stressed out. I they took over my life. Like I couldn't. And I'm glad I am. It's a valuable experience. But like I couldn't even go to acupuncture because I was my at the mercy of my my agency and they wouldn't let me go. And I needed the acupuncture for my sanity and for my stress because I was making myself sick. And that was kind of eye opening for me when I actually um, the other eye opening thing was that I lost a mentor. Uh, to brain cancer in the advertising world and it was like wait a second why am I working for somebody else and like stressing myself out to the point where I'm getting sick Mm -hmm. when I could do something I love make my own schedule and do it for me right and so that was actually the aha moment that I like quit it all I could have had like a really cush job and now like right after that I was like okay I'm gonna go start from square one I assisted actually I, I assisted for free to start and I was like, I'm just going to try this out and give it some time. And like, I barely made money to start. And that's actually why I started my jewelry business. Cause I was like, I got to make a little side hustle mm-hmm. and I never looked back. And it's like, yeah, I love what I do. And I, if I don't love what I'm doing, I don't have to do it anymore. Right. And I think that's the biggest life lesson for me. Mm. There's a couple that pop into my head, but I guess like the one that always comes back to me is it's cool to be nice. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's sweet. just like, I think that everyone's going to remember you if you were lovely to work with mm-hmm. and that you were nice to them and that you made them feel however you made them feel. People are going to remember that, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, the people that you're on set with, whether it's um, people that you're, you know, showing up for their press preview and they remember that and they remember that support. And for me, you know, I went out freelance and I never got an agent. I still to this day don't have an agent. And I have always relied on my relationship relationships for people to kind of pass my name around and get me job to job and recommend me and I don't think that I would have that luxury if I didn't work on those relationships if I wasn't nice and believe me we're in an industry that people are not nice Mm -hmm. Um, it's getting cooler to be nice you know and it's I think it's getting better but we come from an industry where it was like all about the editrix and it was like cool to be mean to everyone I mean you probably saw it a lot in magazines but like I I didn't come from the magazine world but even as an assistant on photo shoots I was persona non grata and like nobody gave me the time of day photographers would like kind of like roll their eyes at me like who are you like now I'm the people like I'm the person that could hire that person Mm -hmm. and like suggest that person and so you never know who you meet on set Mm -hmm. so true that's such a great quote to live by because you like just, the don't. assistant might be the person that you might end up working with down the road or yeah. hiring and yeah yeah and the thing is is that like at the end of the day it's like you're all in it together you're all in it to make the project best it can possibly be and people are going to remember you and want to work with you if they're like wow like she's so nice she's the greatest person and you know my boss our fashion director of the magazine and she was my mentor I don't even know if she knows that she was my mentor but mm. she pretty much taught me everything and, and she she, I mean, I would go to press previews. I would go to different events and people would be like, oh gosh, how's Sheena? Oh, I just love her. She is so nice. And I remember saying like, my God, I hope someday that when I'm going around to like all different places or someone else might be like hearing my name um, from people and like that they say those like wonderful things about me that people say about her. Because like there was not one person that ever said a bad thing and they weren't like Big blowing smoke. Yeah. They were just like, how is 
she, oh my gosh, I love her. And then like, we go on this tangent about how much they loved her. Yeah, and it wasn't sweet. not true because yeah. I, everyone adored her. And yeah. you're so, so lucky to have a mentor like yeah. that because you don't always get that lucky. Yeah. I actually had a, a mentor in, that when I was assisting and she, the best advice I got from her was never talk badly about anybody that you're working with mm-hmm. because like, it, she said, bite you in the ass later, yeah. for sure. And she said, it's okay once you're done with the job, but just while you're on the job, never talk badly about them because it puts a bad mood and a bad like feeling on everybody around you. And then everybody starts talking about that person and then it starts getting around and you don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And That'd she just, nice. she was just had such an amazing reputation and she used, you know, she would say to all of us, like she ran our team and it, like, you know, we're the nice girls and like, mm-hmm. oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's just, and we were, I think that we were a team that people really remembered us for being like nice and easy to work with and, and cool girls. And it's so rare to hear in magazines. Yeah. <laughs> and and fashion. Just, and, yeah. Fashion, yeah. and it was just, you know, I didn't ever want to lose that. I mean, obviously it was instilled in me, but it's just something that I really try to live by now is like, I'm at the end of the day, we're talking about clothing, you know, at the end of the day, we're also talking about something that's supposed to make people feel good, not isolated or not left out of the circle. And we right. want to tell you how to feel great. I don't want to tell you like, oh, you look like crap. And like, I can't help you here because you're not yeah. as cool as me. Or I, right. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it's just, it's not about that. It's about like being like, hey, come along. Let me show you. You yeah. don't know. Let me show you. And and just sharing it. Because it is cool to be nice. You know, you want to be <laughs> nice. You want to be with nice people. Yeah. You want them to be nice to you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I love how we're like going against the grain and basically clearing up any misconception that is fashion. It's now time for Mom Hall, when we share products we love. So this is the Mom Hall segment, and so we just kind of share a product that we're loving right now. Um, I don't know if you guys are product junkies, but... I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I think part of being a blogger, we get sent so much stuff, and we yeah. try so many good things. So yes. yeah, I think... Right now, actually, I'm really loving because I'm pregnant and mm-hmm. I'm, like, desperate for anything to, like, make me feel better. Um, I discovered that Hatch has a product called Down Girl, and it, you put it on your legs and feet after a long day, and it is, like, heaven. It, I don't, there's, like, a cooling something in it. It's all natural. I mean, maybe you want to use it even if you're not pregnant, but, it, like, it's the best feeling because, like, I'm on my feet all day long on my jobs, and, like, they're swollen and awful and Nobody gives me a seat on the subway. So um, I put that on when I get home. And, oh, my God, it's like a little slice of heaven when I get home. Yeah, that's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's a couple ones that I really love right now. One is I just met them last week, and I'm kind of obsessed with them, but still trying it out. So I can't fully say it yet. But um, it's called Bambina Futura. Futura? I Mm -hmm. I don't say it well. (laughs) But anyway, it's um, an Italian company, and it's for all, like, holistic, organic, natural ingredients um basically for like you know earaches um coughs itchy eye allergies there's one that's called like boo boo be gone for like uh-huh. little cuts and scrapes but it's all organic and it's all made um on this italian huge ginormous piece of land and they have um they own this farm but it's like massive and their ingredients are just so potent that they were able to make these really wonderful products um so there's one that's like uh, sleepy time something or it's like lavender or something and you just like it's a little rollerball it looks like a little fragrance you just kind of rub it on like that behind their ears on their neck it smells so delicious I was like mm. dousing my husband in it because he never <laughs> sleeps I'm like here try this I put it on all the kids too so I'm really into that product right now and like just 
playing with it because I don't really know too much about it yet, but I've been playing around with it and the packaging is like gorgeous. So it just looks pretty in my cabinet. And then I love the Fairy Tales Lice Conditioner Spray oh, for Isla because I'm so that. freaked out about lice. Yeah, about that too. So I spray that in her hair right now um, because, yeah, I'm so freaked out about lice and it smells wonderful. I thought it was yes. going to smell like weird. I didn't yeah. know what it was going to be, but it smells like fresh rosemary. It's oh, like wow. such an odd scent for like a hair care, but yeah. actually it's like awesome. And she loves the smell of it too. Mm, yeah. Um, so we've been using that. And then my one for myself, like I'm going to pre-warn you. It's like, you're going to roll your eyes, but it's fine. I was so not on this train because I knew nothing about it. But then I got gifted the, um, the like La Mer cream, the one that everyone uses. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and now I'm addicted. And mm-hmm. now I'm kind of like, okay, well maybe I could justify <laughs> spending the money. I don't know. I mean, I haven't moved past my one gifted jar yet, yeah, yeah. but it is like crack in a jar. Really? It is so good. And I, like I said, like I'm not a product junkie. Yeah, like, people are going to love it. Yeah, it is so good. And I'm like, no wonder people are obsessed with it. I totally get it now. And I don't really use like that much because it's so thick and so you don't have to use that much. So I think if it's like a product that you really love and it's great for you, then like it's worth the investment because it lasts mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to love it. I did not want to fall into that hole and I fell hard. It's really good. That's so funny. <laughs> My mom haul um, item is, well, I have two, is from Captain Blankenship. Um, yeah, There's, so Their sea salt yeah, spray yes, is yeah. amazing. They have just, it's like a whole line of hair care and, and skin care. And it's mom owned. She's in Hey Mama as well. Yana Blankenship is her name. Um, so she has this cream deodorant. Oh. which it's like it's great I feel like you know I made this shift when I got pregnant to do yeah. anything all yeah. natural and it's like always like what can I find that's all natural and I've used Tom's before and then there's this other one um, Urban Cowboy and it's like spelled herb A-G-R-B yeah funny story about Tom's I went running with my husband wearing Tom's and he's like you're foaming at the armpits no way that's crazy I use it actually my mom hack I use it on not the same one but on my shoots I'll use Tom's to use for blisters oh okay okay yeah right right yeah I mean it's just there's not really many good all natural um yeah and it's I love that it comes in a glass jar fully sustainable so all her products are in glass um it just it's like a really minty fresh paste um and you just feel fresh and then the other thing that she has is a um dry shampoo um in powder form and I love that too it's in a paper packaging powder um and so it's not like a can or aerosol um, so fully recyclable. And then I like that it's just back to the basics. You know, it's yeah. like, why does it have to be a spray? Um, and it works really, really well. Um, and it smells amazing, too. It's like um, a mermaid dry shampoo that she has. That reminds me. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, it's not just one product, but I have to share that. Like, I discovered that brand mm-hmm. through Folane.com. Okay. Which is, like, my go-to source for non-toxic beauty. Nice. And when I started, when I became pregnant for the first time, I was like, this is everything I need. Like, yeah. And so. I discover new brands they recommend things for you if you don't like it you can return it oh good which is so cool yeah so 
like I broke child. out. I broke out from like something that they recommended, and they were like, "No problem, send yeah. it back." Got me something new, okay. so I'm totally into all the brands from there. And so, yeah, that's actually that's, one of my other mom hauls, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> awesome. We, I mean, we love hearing about the sites and all the brands that you mentioned. There were so many that I haven't heard of, and now I'm like, I'm gonna go look them up, <laughs> which is great. Um, where can um, my listeners find you? <laughs> so you can find me. This is Liz. You can find me at the New York stylist.com and on Instagram at the New York stylist. This is Jasmine and you can find me at theblackbib.com, which is my blog, which I don't know if we really talked about that much, but mm-hmm. um, you can find me there and then you can find me at, at jazz snow on Instagram or on the today show on TV. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this was so fun. I, I mean, I love that, you know, we are the nice girls and we just had such um, an enlightening and fun chat about fashion in your lives and motherhood and all the things. Um, and I hope it was as fun for the listeners as it was being here live. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness, that episode was such a blast. I wish you could have been there in person. We were just having so much fun um, talking about all things fashion, motherhood, and really just everything under the sun. But I feel that Jazz and Liz gave some really great pointers on designers we should be aware of and can kind of experiment with and hacks that can come in handy for ourselves and our kids. I want to end this episode with a review from another fashion icon, really. I've had her on my show. She's a mentor of mine. Her name is Mary Lou Luther. She's the creative director of Fashion Group International, editor of the International Fashion Syndicate, a CFDA award winner, and a syndicated clothes lines columnist and you know respected fashion icon to industry leaders like the late Karl Lagerfeld, Thierry Mugler, Betsy Johnson, Norma Kamali, Ralph Rucci, Mark Jacobs, Zach Posen, Prabal Garung, Proenza Schooler, the list goes on. She is very, very respected, and I'm very fortunate to um, call her a dear friend. She said to me after our recording how she just was really floored by how I was able to kind of bring out her life story through conversation, and it just happened in such an organic way. And so here's her review. You're a mother. You've read all the childcare advice you can find. Your nine-year-old son just confessed to stealing candy at the supermarket. Rather than punishing him by taking away his iPhone, you take him back to the supermarket, watch him admit his stealth to the manager, and arrange to work off the payment behind the scenes. Such is the kind of story you'll experience in Kanika Chattagupta's podcast, That's Total Mom Sense. Instead of generic parenting advice, you get a play-by-play from the real world of moms. As the host, this mother of three, twins plus one as she puts it, says her mission is to encourage moms to trust their intuitive superpower, their mom sense, when it comes to their kids. As she explains, with each phase of child rearing, we have a ton of questions and can't possibly read all the parenting books out there, but we can learn from other moms. Her other moms include Rebecca Minkoff, designer and sustainability expert, Reshma Sojani, the founder of Girls Who Code, Reagan Moya Jones, the founder of Aiden NNA, and Mara Scavacampo, an ABC News correspondent and author. 
As one of her podcast guests, I can attest to Kanika's truly remarkable ability as a storyteller, a gift she has nurtured as her role as a TV anchor and producer for CNN International, and as the founder and CEO of Chronology Agency, a digital marketing and branding firm. If there were a podcast Hall of Fame awards, I would give Kanika first prize. Oh, I'm so, so touched. Thank you so much. I know it was a long review, but I wanted to read it um, verbatim, word for word, because I'm thankful to have such distinguished guests on my show, and I'm glad that they leave with those kind of sentiments. I mean, that that's the real deal for me and why I'm in this. Thanks again for listening, and as always, follow me on Instagram at KanikaXOXO, and write to me at thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com. And remember, as always, stay strong, super mamas. Bye. That's total mom sense.